Welcome back to E-Conversations with NAEB, the official podcast for the National Association for Business Economics and your one-stop shop for catching up on the latest in business economics on the go. Today's podcast on the October 2023 NAEB Business Condition Survey results is led by Sarah Rutledge, Managing Director and Head of Global Real Estate Market Research and Analytics at Stepstone Group, Lester Jones, Vice President of Analytics and Chief Economist at the National Beer Wholesalers Association, and Survey Chair Carlos Herrera, Chief Economist at Coca-Cola North America. Carlos, take it away. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, uh, today to look at the uh, perspective offered to us uh, through our panel of economists about the conditions of businesses uh, in our economy. Uh, I'm going to start by, by highlighting the overarching uh, findings that our um, team views in, in, the, in the results. Uh, so I'm going to start with a, a quote in our, our president, Ellen Sedner. And this uh, survey, uh, the results suggest that we're entering a more challenging business environment as the economy slows. Sales are seen still as growing, but at a slower pace, and profit margins are reported as declining. So it is not like the wheels are coming off the car, but the thing is slowing down. Also, the panel suggests that inflation is continuing to ease, and this uh, should prove good for consumers, but that this trend on the slowing down may be coming to an end, as the expectations for price charge going forward has inched higher and increased cost pressures is reported as the second biggest risk to respondent businesses after higher interest rates. So with that, uh, we'll start going through the highlights and uh, Sarah, take us away. Thank you, Carlos. Uh, so starting off with sales, more panelists report falling sales and fewer reported rising sales over the past three months compared with the prior survey in July. This brings the net rising index, or NRI, which is the difference between rising the share reporting rising sales and the share reporting falling sales down to just a six. Um, in July, the reading was 33. This is the lowest reading since the April 2020 survey, which was conducted at the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. 44% of respondents report that sales were unchanged from the last over the last three months. So it's a real um, change in the distribution towards the middle for flat sales. Um, looking forward over the next three months, the NRI fell to 25 from 38 in July, indicating fewer respondents expect sales to rise in the next quarter. Uh, the share of panelists expecting sales to be unchanged in the next three months stayed roughly the same versus the July survey. Profit margins is where we really saw some change in this survey. The NRI fell to a negative 20 from zero in the July survey. This is the second lowest reading for profit margins since the onset of the pandemic as well. A smaller share of panelists, only 10%, expect profit margins to rise in the next three months, which is down from 22% in the July survey. 
And this pressure on profit margins is also evident with respondent views on prices charged. The NRI for prices charged fell from 45 in the July survey to 27 in October, indicating less pricing power at the respondents' companies. In fact, most panelists at 61% indicate that prices were unchanged at their firms in the last three months, compared to less than half at 47% in July. Looking forward, the forward-looking NRI is 36, which is similar to 35 in July, but the shift in distribution is also evident here. The shares expecting rising prices and falling prices both declined by similar amounts as more panelists, 60% in October, expect prices to remain unchanged over the next three months. And I'll let Lester jump in here. Absolutely. Thank you, Sarah. So I'm going to cover the materials and the wages and the employment, kind of the inputs into all these businesses that are happening and hopefully put into context some of these margins and sales and everything else we're going to talk about. Because when we look at the material cost side of the survey, the NRI is still relatively strong at 25, with 43% respondents expecting rising material costs, 40% in the unchanged, and 18% of the falling. So that increase in the number of people falling is what brings that NRI down from what used to be a 50 and a high 40s down to about 25. And that's kind of like a good thing, right? Because the cost of inputs are kind of coming down a little bit. They're not falling out. The wheels aren't coming off, as Carlos said at the beginning. So it's a, it's, it's a nice kind of slowdown that we see. And even on the forward-looking uh, part of the survey where we what's expected in the three months ahead, we get a very similar reading as we have in the past. So in, in for the past three months, so the NRI is about 23 where it was. So the survey respondents are kind of, it's, it's all those, those inflationary input costs haven't gone away but they've certainly been mitigated and slowed down a little bit for material costs. Looking on the wages, once again, cost of doing business here, we see the, 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 the NRI is still relatively high at 53 for the, current, for the current survey. But once again, it's not the high 70s that we saw when labor was really, really tight back in 2022 and such. So once again, a little bit of mitigating uh, cost of doing business for the survey respondents uh, did go up a little bit because in, in uh, July of 2023, the last survey we had, it was 47% expected rising wages. Now, now we see it at 55. So it's a little bit of bump up, but nothing as dramatic as what we saw in the prior year. And even when we look ahead to the expecting wage, uh, uh, rising wages over the next three months, a little bit, it's, it's the NRI is at 45 still relatively high, but certainly nothing near what we had in the 2021-2022 period of time. So it's, things are getting better. They're just not, the wheels aren't falling off. And now this employment side is what interesting because, you know, -time, price times quantity, right? And we have all these ideas of what's happening with margins and prices charged. But what we see for the first time in two years is that employment expectations of rising employment actually have gone to an NRI of minus nine. Uh, this is the first time we've seen that since uh, in, in over two years. Pretty significant news here because, you know, as firms try to manage the rising cost of materials and the rising cost of wages and everything else, they're certainly trying to mitigate some of these, these this exposure with by hiring fewer people or using people to a little bit higher level of productivity. And then when we look down at the expected over the next three months, you know, it's, it's, it's the NRI's 13. 
So, you know, maybe they're thinking that ahead, we're gonna be hiring a little more people. But what I think is interesting in this question for employment is how much is in that, in that uh, sitting on the fence and unchanged. Current surveys at 71%, uh, at 66% for the, for the past three months and 71% for the ex expectations. So many more people, of our, many more respondents are actually kind of sitting on that fence that is uh, waiting it out. Thank you, Lester. You're and welcome. now moving, moving on, on to the capital spending section of the survey. Uh, the NRI for capital spending fell to seven, the lowest reading since October 2020, and down from 27 in the July survey. The forward look is all, uh, what people saw is, is um, uh, less investment. And the forward-looking NRI is now is is now at nine from twenty-three in the previous survey. The share of panelists expecting uh, capital spending to fall in the next three months rose to eighteen percent from the previous reading of only seven. Uh, what we're seeing here is is kind of the theme for for the for the survey. And more people move from rising capital spending to unchanged whereas the fall in the state more or less the same. So you see kind of a slowing down on the momentum uh, here. Um, when it comes to the investment on equipment, um, information and communications technology, the NRI fell from 36 in the July survey to 20 in October. As a smaller share of panelists reported that this kind of spending rose uh, to the only 31% re reported that it rose versus 45% in the previous survey. More than 58% of panelists report that capital spending on equipment, information and communications was unchanged in the last three months. Forward looking, what happens is, is a little bit more moving in the direction of unchanged to falling. And so the NRI fell from 23 to nine as the share of panelists that say that reported that the investing in this kind of equipment went down from a reading of 30 to in July to 27 in October. So here we see as well the, the slowing down. And finally, uh, the spending on structures. Uh, came in at zero down from a reading in three in July and the same as the same percentage of respondents report that such spending as their firms uh, rose as, as many reported that that it had risen as, as many as reported that it had fallen. And so we see here on the structures as well and the slowing down. And in this particular case, both ends fell. The, the, the number of, of panelists reporting that the spending on, on, on structures um, was rising was less, and the number of panelists reporting that the spending in structure was falling also came down, and they all came into the middle. Uh, so kind of this is in this particular spacing here on the structures, a little bit more of a stabilization to unchange from both ends of the of the response spectrum. Um, so and now for the shortages, uh, back to Lester. Absolutely. I'll take the shortages questions. I have a, we have the question here on shortages, which basically asks for the firms, are they experiencing any shortage 
in this list of a certain list of inputs. You know, and the big news here is you know, it's about 50% of the people are still reporting some shortages. Uh, uh, you really see it in the skilled labor side of this. Uh, there are there is some improvement, however, that you know when you go back a year ago, you can see that about forty five percent of respondents were were were, were experiencing shortages in skilled labor. That's down to about thirty eight. So, so once again, this goes back to kind of the theme of the 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 the, the whole survey, which was you know, things are slowing down, but the wheels aren't falling off, which we like to see. Now we have two special questions here. The first question is, is your company facing labor shortages? When do you expect these shortages to abate? And the vast majority, you know, once again, 38% are saying they're not experiencing any shortages, but about a quarter of these people, of these survey respondents are looking towards the second quarter of 2024 before the short, they expect the shortages to abate. So we can still see that there's some tightness in the labor market, finding skilled workers is a problem for, for a handful of these respondents, and it's going to take a while for that to sort itself out. And finally, on the second question is, if your company is facing delays of receiving materials and other inputs, what do you expect these 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 to abate? And once again, you know, almost half of the respondents aren't experiencing any, but for the most part, you know, it's between, you know, it, it, they've already started to abate on the materials input side or into the second quarter of 2024. So those are our two special questions as they relate to expectations for when labor shortages and material shortages will start to abate. So I'm gonna jump in on cost increases. So I noted earlier that most respondents reported no changes to prices charged over the last three months and have steady expectations for the next three months, kind of coming back to the theme of, you know, towards the middle where we're seeing some, some stability. Well, the majority of respondents or 65% also report that their firm's pricing includes passing cost increases onto their customers. Now this is down from 78% in the July survey, but it does show that past inflation is still pushing through into product pricing or product and service pricing. Um, and now I'm gonna touch on three questions around economic growth and panelists, um, their views that are underlying the assumptions for resp responses to other factors on the survey. Um, first, only 18% of respondents suggest that a US recession is more likely than not, that is the probability is 50% or greater over the next 12 months. But 79%, the vast majority of respondents, assign less than a 50% probability of U.S. recession in the next year. Um, just to break that out a little further for you, it's 49% or roughly half of respondents that put the recession probability in the 26 to 50% range and then 30% that are on the low end at under 25%. So the special questions also take a look at risk to the outlook, both up and downside. 55% um, of respondents cited higher interest rates as one of the two biggest downside risks to their outlook, while 51% cite increased cost pressures. So little changed from the last survey. On the upside, lower than expected interest rates was the most cited upside risk with 45% of respondents. There are a few other notable answers on the upside scenarios. 27% um, noted falling input costs, so lower than expected inflation. Um, 
a rapid increase in people returning to the labor force was cited by 24% of respondents and easier credit conditions was cited by 20%. So there's a, a varied view of things that could go a little bit better than expected. Thank you, Sarah. And uh, uh, a note to the to the people who are in attendance, this, in this survey, we gave the panelists uh, a choice to have two um, and choices for the biggest risk and to the and to the biggest uh, risk to the upside and to the downside. And that created a little bit more of a spectrum as we wanted mm -hmm. to see not so much what was the absolute number one of everything, but to see, okay, if this is number one, what else is also bothering you? And that's where uh, we saw the, the thing about uh, the uh, downside risk in terms of the interest rates and the increased cost. All right. So uh, with that, uh, 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 Caitlin, uh, do we want to open it for questions? I don't know if we have questions on the on the line or or if there is already uh, some questions in there that we can address. Absolutely. This is the audience's reminder to enter questions in the chat, but we do have one that's in there. And it is how much of the decline in profits in the last quarter is attributable to greater than normal profits resulting from the COVID pandemic and recovery? Well, that's an interesting question because uh, uh, we don't ask them for the reasons uh, on the decline. We just ask for whether there was a decline or not. And so when you see that that the price charge they, has been slowing down and, and you see the cost going up, the, the thing in the middle, the profit margins get mm. compressed. And so the, 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 what is good about the survey is, is at least internally is consistent. It's telling us that profit margins are declining because the prices are coming down and the, and the costs are going up. So we don't have any insight as to the rationale at, at individual firms, but we can tell that, that the results are consistent, that as we see the, the prices coming down and the cost going up, the profit margins should compress. That seems to be our only question. Unless Sarah Lester, anything else you'd like to comment on? Uh, no, we're good. I, I would say that I want to thank Sarah and Lester, at least uh, publicly at this one time, for their kind cooperation over the past year in, in doing these releases. Um, it has been a pleasure working with you, and I really appreciate you being here today. Our pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you, Carlos. It's been a pleasure to work with you on the survey. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of eConversations with NAEB. We hope to see you in Santa Clara, California, November 8th through 10th for the 7th Annual NAEB Tech Economics Conference. Each year, tech brings together hundreds of applied economists, data scientists, academics, and grad students for an intellectual exchange on how developments in economics and data science are impacting approaches, frameworks, tools, and techniques employed by practitioners at tech companies and other businesses. If you are a new minted economist hitting the job market for the first time this year, or an experienced economist looking for a new role, Tech will feature an in-person industry job fair for employers and candidates. Employers from tech, consulting, government, and other sectors will be on-site to interview and network. For more information on the conference, please visit naeb.com slash tech2023.